Welcome to Drone Business Talk, the show where we discuss the business of unmanned aviation. Find out about the latest drone applications and trends as we talk to drone company CEOs, business owners, pilots, and thought leaders to reveal the status of the drone industry. Welcome to episode 26 of Drone Business Talk. We're back with our series on the pioneers of the drone industry, and joining us today is Miguel, Business Development Manager at Flying Basket. Welcome, Miguel. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. Thanks for inviting. Uh, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, could you maybe start by, by introducing yourself and the company a little bit? Yeah, uh, so my name is Miguel Aldonde Cegama. Uh, of course, a very Spanish name. <laughs> composed uh, surname. Uh, I've been uh, working in uh, for the drone industry for the past uh, eight years, uh, doing several different things, uh, from uh, organizing trade shows and fairs uh, and uh, conferences, uh, to work with uh, several startups, as well as uh, drone manufacturers, and uh, even have uh, my own consultancy firm. And uh, uh, from that work, uh, I developed um, uh, very good relationships with uh, several drone manufacturers, always working for uh, Spain and, and LATAM, basically. And uh, yeah, that's uh, when uh, a couple of years, uh, no, I mean, like, yeah, like a year ago, um, I encountered a flying basket. And uh, it immediately struck me the, the focus uh, they had for, um, uh, for safety and compliance. And uh, the whole operation, it was based on uh, actually uh, being able to perform and working with the regulators so they are able to do commercial operations with a drone that can lift uh, 100 kilos. Uh, uh, so I, I really liked the, the idea. We started working and uh, first with uh, through my own company. And uh, since uh, like a couple of months ago, I started full with a flying basket and in a nice position there. And, in uh, business development management, management, and uh, yeah, and I'm very happy about uh, the whole the whole company, the culture, uh, the location, the whole experience, uh, the ambition, and the and the whole uh, idea on, on how to approach the market, and it's uh, with a business model of drone as a service, and uh, just helping everyone in urban environments and uh, and outside, of course, in the cities to transport big loads uh, I mean with uh, 100 kilos we can do like eight minutes but with uh, less uh, weight like uh, 30 40 kilos we can do uh, 15 minutes even 20 minutes uh, with no payload at all we can do like uh, like uh, 30 minutes or less so it's a big drone it's it's by itself is 70 kilos so it's it's already it's already quite uh, quite hard and um, and we like to say that uh, we, we choose drone as a service because um, we are the ones that know how to operate the drone and uh, to, how to do it safely. And uh, we care that so much about all we have uh, accomplished with, uh, with EASA and with uh, ENAC and the, and the German authorities, uh, the Austrian authorities, the Swiss authorities. Uh, we are working closely to, to do operations, not just in Italy, but in many other countries in Europe and uh, we have done operations in sale 2 environment and uh, in uh, we did an operation also in, in Turin quite nice in uh, transport in urban environment with uh, 26 kilos of payload to 3.6 kilometers in Bibilos uh, first time in Europe uh, 
So uh, I'm very proud of what the team is doing, and um, we have an, a nice background overall in the in working th with the legislators in Europe and uh, working through the agencies to make things better for everyone and to promote safety and you know so. Yeah, that, I think that's a very good point, and and thank you for for being also an an advertiser of of safety and and how important that is. Um, if you if you say that you work very closely with regulators and legislators, um, how is that? How is that to work so closely um, with people that often or or sometimes deny you to do some some things? Yeah, because at the end of the day, uh, we all have the same goal, and it's uh, to do a safety uh, safety first assessment. And uh, and it's like a formula, you know. You have to evaluate the risk on the ground. You have to evaluate the risk on the air, and uh, and then you you get uh, to some safe uh, risk that you can encounter, and uh, you can put in in uh, in the middle uh, tactical measures to limit the risk and also uh, just uh, strategic measures uh, to mitigate uh, the risk on uh, during the. the the operations and uh, but uh, but still of course uh, it's up to the to the regulators to say yes or no but uh, normally there's a there's something going on and and there are things that must to be done before uh, stepping up the risk and uh, our way to approach it is to demonstrate every every step you just you cannot just cut corners with the with the regulators because most of the time. Uh, you are helping them also and, and also in, in first time operations you have to help to define what's uh, what documents uh, are needed how do you, we need to present it there are different countries with different uh, understandings of, of the same law the european law so there's still things going on and uh, the best way is just to help them to to define the whole process so um yeah you so obviously a, a lot of risk assessment so i assume that that the sora analysis and, and stuff like that is something that you guys work with a lot as well right yeah uh, it's an it's it's in every single operation basically yeah. it's it's in every i mean we are operating in a specific category the standards are scenario one and two and uh, it's uh, and working towards a path uh, for uh, even higher risk and sell three operations and uh, and uh, uh, also the look uh, which will be nice to have uh, to be able to to authorize your own operations uh, but it still is far uh, from uh, from the present because you have to work uh, towards it and, and demonstrate every uh, i mean at the end the idea is to be like an airline right mm -hmm. uh, Airlines just uh, do their operations, but they perform in an excellent way uh, and comply with all the safety. So you just have to, you, you just need to to get there step by step. Uh, so that's the that's the thing. Yeah, definitely. When when we're dealing with new situations, it's important to to really show regulators and and just the team and the world in general that that we can do every step safely. Um, in the beginning, you said that you've been active in the drone industry. Uh, what was it? Eight years now? Um, Probably even more, but uh, yeah, something like that. Yes. So that means that you you went from it was a free for all and there were no regulations to there were a lot of regulations to different regulations to what we are right now. Oof! I will say my personal experience is in in Spain. Uh, the local authorities, when they saw had the big explosion of drones. 
2014, 15, uh, uh, they kind of like got scared and uh, they just uh, stopped any operation that it was not just safe. So you could you could fly outside of the cities, of course, but nothing else. Um, so it was very restrictive in a in a way. Uh, uh, but then we we started changing things. Uh, I also contributed. I worked in the subgroups for AESA and to define the the latest uh, legislation for Spain before the European came into place. And um, and it was a bit more open. So I've seen this path with the regulators of uh, trying to open, but also being careful on how to do it. And uh, and they just don't take it easy. I, I mean, you have to you have to deliver the documents and everything in uh, in an excellent way in order to convince them. Now with the European law, it's a bit more open, and they also need to accept uh, operations that are approved from a different country. Which is uh, which is something that uh, they still have to work on. So when we started uh, doing, the, we were the first uh, to do a transnational operation in the specific category with our drone. Uh, we performed an operation in Germany, and and it took us uh, quite a long time just to get the the approval because it was a first time, and that was one year ago. And uh, we work with the with the Italian authorities, with the German authorities, just to streamline the process of what is needed, how is needed, uh, what are the forms and stuff, uh, just to comply with the two countries. And uh, like a month ago, we we had to do an operation in Denmark. And uh, we got the approval in one week, so it pays off just to just to help to define the means of compliance uh, for every operation, and uh, we that's our way also to approach and, and open a market, because then if we comply and we follow the process, we are able to perform operations that uh, were not uh, really um, possible before. But uh, you you must uh, demonstrate that. Uh, that uh, you are uh, trust <laughs> trusty, not just by the regulators, but but also uh, they they need to do an audit with a third party before you can you can approve your own operations, of course. So it's all the way there, and uh, and I mean I like it. It's uh, it's what we were waiting for in the drone industry, just to be like uh, uh, the same standards like than the aeronautic world, you know, uh, to be taken seriously. And um, and I found a place where this this happens, so I'm very happy. All right, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm very happy that that you're at the forefront and, and you take the, the safety so seriously, um, because otherwise um, that could have really bad uh, implications for the rest of the drone industry. If people at the forefront weren't taking safety and risk management very serious, that would be very bad for everyone. Um, when you say that you're that you're transporting goods like between. 30 and 80 kilograms. What kind of goods are those? I mean, we're flying in a specific category, so of course, uh, nothing uh, dangerous. <laughs> because for, for that, we will be uh, even with uh, 0.5 kilograms of uh, something dangerous, you are uh, already in the certified category, and it's a whole different story there. So uh, no, uh, right now, um, so we are doing forestry missions, for example. Uh, we Our drone has two ways. Uh, the, the way we work normally is with the external load, just like a helicopter with a big rope. And uh, that it can be like 20 meters, or we have another one of 40 meters. 
normally we attach the the load uh, with the hook and, uh, and and we just lift it and uh, and it's uh, uh, so the missions we are doing is in forestry for example we are helping the brigades uh, to to distribute uh, the the plants and uh, to do reforestation in the in the forest so the a helicopter comes with a big load like uh, let's say four tons for example that they can deliver in just one one single trip but then uh, from this single location they need to move all the plants around in the in the mountains so we help them just to put every single uh, like a like a hundred kilos back in uh, in in any place so they don't have to carry it to the place so they're very 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 helpful also in the mountains uh, we did the delivery to mountain shelters uh, of uh, food and beverages and, and stuff like that um, we did an, uh, a test in in Turin in the center of Turin 26 kilos uh, together with uh, Leonardo and uh, La Poste which is the Italian postal service uh, for that case we adapted our drone just to have a box and uh, it was just uh, packages and uh, normal mail but it was like uh, yeah almost 30 kilos of foods uh, as I said before it was a first time in in Europe uh, the, the operation in inside the city with that much load and, uh, and with, uh, with this kind of uh, with this kind of drone we are also lifting uh, 5g antennas and antenna equipment to rooftop of uh, buildings which is also um, an operation that uh, it was impossible to do before with a load like that uh, and we are seeing success in uh, in switzerland we also made trials in in uh, austria uh it's a market that uh, that we are exploring that it's uh, that is growing that it that it will have um, quite a lot of investment for the next five years due to the all the infrastructure needing to adapt to the 5g and, and stuff and in that case we are just a substitute of a crane or a helicopter but uh, in some cases it's a uh, it's a very interesting value proposition but uh, but uh, but again uh you need to excel at uh at doing the operation so you can get the the approval from the authorities and uh, and that's the business the the business is is to being able to to perform there and uh what else uh of course we are lifting solar, pan uh, solar panels uh to the rooftops as well this is a uh, I mean, we have a path over uh, clean energy, uh, like uh, lifting solar panels, also lifting things to the top of wind turbines, uh, for example, and helping in maintenance in the, for the wind turbines. Uh, we can also help deploy uh, power lines uh, and, uh, and inspect power lines with uh, bigger equipment than they are used to, like uh, equipment that is uh, used in uh, helicopters and stuff. So quite a lot of... Uh, um value propositions for different uh, sectors but uh, but actually what i say always is that we are just a tool and it's our clients we are defining what we use it for right yeah what i, what I didn't hear was was um medical supplies um is that something that you're um you know that that you that you are giving it a thought yeah there's there are the, i mean right now there are so many different paths and uh, we have been invited to to participate in uh, many different projects and in some there's also involvement for medical supplies and uh, this is something also that uh, we we are 
are willing to to explore but of course uh everything starts from a risk assessment so i will say that the the place of the operation is is even more important than the type of operation so it's uh at the end uh every every use case you need to analyze it from the business perspective and the feasibility perspective and uh, the risk involved in the whole operation and, uh, and if it pays off it, there's a trade-off so there's a lot of things going on and uh, as i said at the end we are just a, a, a drone service and it's our clients who decide uh, what we what we are used to so for in, for example uh, there's also quite a lot of room in industrial complex uh, to do not last mile delivery or industrial last mile delivery which could be also a thing but also middle mile delivery, like um, uh, just uh, bringing things from a logistic hub to another logistic hub in the at the entrance of the city, and uh, that it's an uh, intermodal uh, change for different means of transportation just to the final to do the final delivery of the goods inside the city, right? So um, it, many things are going to change in the next years. We still don't know. There's a, there's also a lot of airways being discussed. Vertiports, um, uh, the, all the cities are moving. Uh, there's a huge ecosystem here in Europe. Uh, I, I will say very vibrant, and the, the airways are, are going to to become a thing for drones in a safe way. And uh, there's there's a lot of uh, possibilities also there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I read on the website that that um, flying basket started in 2015 as well. Um, and as you, as a person that started very early in the drone industry, um, you also saw that in the beginning there was this big boom because there was this big hype created around drones and everybody was going to make tons of money um, as long as you bought into the concept. Um, and then we saw a couple of years later that there was a big decay um, of drone companies that couldn't make it anymore financially because the, yeah, it was the hype was over and the reality kicked in. Um, how was that for you personally? And do you know how Flying Basket um, managed to to stay such a persistent company within within the within that short history of the drone industry? So for me personally, uh, the drone industry has changed a lot. I've seen many companies in many different uh, categories uh, rise and fall, as, as you said. Uh, I always like to look the drone industry insights uh, map of the whole industry, and if you compare uh, the map uh, of the past seven seven years or five years, I believe they, they are doing it. It has changed quite a lot. I will say that uh, of course you cannot compete with Chinese. Uh, that's uh, that's a fact, and uh, you you can, you you can just compete if you are doing something else. You know something. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I will say that in the in the flying basket case, I think they they changed uh, the transition from a drone manufacturer to also a drone service provider. Um, that was uh, also focusing all the operations in, uh, as I said, in safety and in compliance with the with the authorities and in develop a path together with the authorities. And uh, every decision that it was uh, not in. Uh, not aligned with this uh, focus uh, was taken out of the consideration. So it's it's a transversal thing for the whole company to adapt. Uh, also, uh, it was a way to capitalize uh, the company. 
and to have a path towards uh, easier uh, investment rounds as well because that's also a thing uh, it's an it's an startup and uh, they survive the first years with uh, business angels and, uh, and early investors and uh, yeah but they are working their ass out <laughs> uh, quite quite a lot uh, for to do all these things all these years uh, right now we closed around a series a investment round like a month ago uh, that they were working for quite some time already and uh, right now there's the there's uh, money and there's a mission to 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 really make a statement in the in the drone industry uh, to develop uh, serious uh, things in the in the drone cargo space and um, and yeah and the ambition to just to 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 go to every country in europe because that's the good thing about the european uh, regulation right that uh, we can just operate everywhere and uh, and actually it makes sense for us to to pursue the drone as a service and um and do collaborations of course with uh with everyone what we need is, is still is to accumulate flight towers and to do more operations and to perform better and to but uh, we still we right now have uh, quite a clear path uh, ahead of us and uh, and yeah it's, we just need to work yeah i saw that on your website and, and on linkedin as well that that you're quite expanding the team as well that there's quite a lot of um job opportunities as well at flying bells so that's that's definitely a good sign right yeah we're growing and uh yeah we need more hands and uh and it's an incredible em environment actually uh to to do things uh our offices there have uh it's a whole building that have the the workshop uh, then the offices and there's also a residence uh that uh, all the employees can stay there uh i'm i'm working remotely from spain but uh, i go there uh, at least once a month uh, to uh, i stay for a week and um, it's very nice environment with people from all over the world uh, for a common goal. Uh, the the activities are nice. The people is nice. Uh, yeah, what can I say? It's a it's a mix of Italian and and also Austrian uh, this region because it's the South Tyrol. So you have uh, both of the, both worlds, and uh, yeah, it's it's very cool. Right. Nice. Nice. It sounds sounds like a very good opportunity. So uh, if anyone that's listening is interested, definitely go to their website. Um, what is what is the biggest challenge that that you're facing with flying flying basket right now towards the future? So the thing I'm I'm uh, right now more investing time in, it's all the offshore windmills. It's something that uh, that we are really exploring the use case and uh, and uh, talking with people, uh, watching it carefully just to see how to approach it in a in a safe way, and um, and one what can we do? What value can we add to the whole operation? And uh, and it's very very interesting. There there's also a lot of push, a lot of uh, investment all around Europe for offshore windmills, and at the end of the day, we just want to add our our. Uh, plus of efficiency uh, so yeah. that's because if you are using a drone to operate uh, 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 to do the maintenance uh, of a uh, offshore windmill um, you are not using a big boat with a crane that it's uh, consuming lots of fuel so i mean you still have to you still need to to deploy the drone there so we can do it or either from the coast if it's uh, close or we can do it uh, in, on a boat 
if we are close, uh, if we are deep in the sea. Uh, but uh, there's, uh, of course, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, efficiency and improvement that can be done in terms of uh, cost and in terms of time saving, in terms of uh, yeah, just not uh, generating more CO2 uh, by working with a, an electric drone. So, yeah, it's, it's something we are definitely exploring and uh, yeah, just watching our ways and, and how to develop everything. And, and we have already uh, uh, very nice uh, connections in, in, some, in some countries. We have uh, been making uh, some trials of uh, new cool operations as well. Uh, and um, the, all the experiments we, are, we have been doing are, have been quite challenging because flying with the wind turbines is, is of course, uh, quite challenging. Uh, you have the wind uh, there, and uh, but uh, well, our drone is quite uh, is quite big, it's quite heavy. It uh, it's, uh, it stands the the, the the wind flow, and uh, but it, but uh, but of course all the all the skills needed uh, for the operations are one of the most important things. So our drone is is there, is performing, but uh, but is the pilot uh, actually? Yeah. The, the sole matter of this uh, of this operation, and the ones that uh, that need to position the the load uh, like twenty meters above uh, your your objective and uh, and deploy it just perfect, you know. So so it takes a lot of uh, time to practice and to and to do it uh, correctly. But we are performing well, and uh, and yeah, and the, there's a lot of possibilities uh, to do proper things in the windmills. I can imagine that definitely if you if you're seeing it like this that um, finding the right pilots and and training them that can be a real bottleneck no for for flying basket in order to grow yeah actually this is one of the things that uh, we are addressing we already had an academy uh, for pilots but we want to do something else with this academy and uh, uh, be more a bit more specialized in uh, in focused on our kind of operations uh, of course, if anyone comes and trains with us, uh, they are they are already training or doing practices with the only cargo drone available today. So it's uh, of course it's a it's a plus uh, just being able to do real operations with uh, with a drone in this category. And uh, and but uh, yeah, uh, in order to to do services in more countries, we need uh, quite a, a few of uh, people. And um, yeah, ideally, you need at least a couple of pilots per per country. You need uh, our van with all the supplies and all the and all the equipment. Um, also, of course, the drone, and uh, and and you need also to study all the operations. So the the training it's uh, it, it's gonna be quite intense, but uh, but it's the only way to grow. Uh, I mean. Mm -hmm. We are open to here to from anybody with any with any proposition, but uh, right now, yeah, uh, we we see that uh, we have to keep control of of the operations and actually the training part of the our pilots is a it's a critical point. So, yeah, I think definitely in in the way that you guys are operating and and, and with the operations that you are doing that it's very important to keep a very tight keep very tight control of how the operations are going so that that nothing gets messed up um in any way that nothing goes wrong um and that, that you take all precautions because as soon as you give that out of hands to someone else um they can really damage the, the reputation of of everyone 
Yeah, that's that's also the concern. I mean, um, right now in the current state that we are working together with the regulators just to go step by step, uh, it's counterintuitive to to bring down technology to other uh, drone operators that uh, that maybe they are excellent, but they are not us. Uh, and we are right now the ones that are more skills and working towards something else. So just to explore and to set up a, a, a real viable business in for this category, right? So right now this is out of uh, hand, uh, but uh, but who knows uh, in the in the future if uh, things uh, change and uh, maybe uh, there's also a change on the policy of the company. But uh, right now we're pretty comfortable doing the, the services. And, and also, it's it's a, a very crucial part of the whole operation just to do the SORA and uh, just to really keep the standards. And that's also one of the values that we are like uh, promoting. And um, and the, the the way it works right now for the kinds of operations we are doing is uh, is by a service. But then in the future, if you just uh, have a construction company, for example, and wants to operate it in a just a single place, single scenario with uh, uh, already a defined operation, very repetitive. You know, who knows? Like, uh, but, yeah. Right now, we are focusing in Europe, uh, doing all yeah. things internationally, uh, internationally, uh, with the eyes in uh, in Latam and in other markets that have very interesting propositions. But uh, but working as closely as we are working with the Europeans. Uh, the, the market right now is clear for us uh, here and, uh, and expand operations maybe in, in the other years for, for different markets. But just uh, uh, growing organically in the, within, yeah. the, within the market. So, but uh, but I, I mean, I've been already like a couple of months uh, in the full, in, uh, in my position at full. Time and uh, and I've seen already quite a lot of change and the market uh, changing and um, and uh, things are growing right now fast. So there's there's a lot of things going on. It's very interesting. I think we will have a very interesting next five years uh, to see how everything develops uh, for the whole urban air uh, mobility space uh, and uh, and the advanced air mobility as well. Definitely, definitely. I think with uh, with the new regulations that are that are coming, um, a lot a lot of things are being set in motion, and you can feel that that the market is is it's reliving again um, after being silent for for the last yeah I would say twelve to eighteen months. Um, what do you think? Um, it's it's going to be my last question. Um, so what what um, what do you hope the future looks like? Um, for the drone industry and for flying baskets in in five to ten years. Um, well, um, for the drone industry, I think right now is the time to step up, uh, which many companies are are doing it. I see a lot of uh, good value propositions, and uh, and as I said, the regulators are, at the end are coming into place, and uh, they are catching up with technology. Of course, there's always going to be a gap between what we are capable of doing with the drones and what we are able to do. But uh, I see the drone industry evolving and just being more used to see drones performing special operations. Um, lots of things need to change as well. Uh, we are not just creating um, 
airways in our in our skies, but also uh, we have to think of uh, limiting the risk down in the ground uh, for every for every operation. So the, the, I think that also uh, it needs to be a push uh, for the administrations and a smart way to, to do it. There's already a lot going on interconnecting uh, cities and uh, uh, inside regional uh, clusters of trying to create to create airways between between each them and also uh, creating airways for uh, emergency services. Uh, we are seeing a lot of activity also in harbors that they are controlling their own airspace as well, which also open open up uh, many different things. So I believe we are gonna get more used to to see drones, but also the drone industry has to step up. And right now we have the right environment, the right framework. Uh, everything is open for everyone just to just to try it, and that's and that's wonderful news. There's still a lot of work to do, <laughs> working. Uh, inside of course of uh, flying basket and uh, and also uh, for the regulators but uh, but right now i think we are in the best position in the last 10 years for this for this industry i would say so all right <clears throat> that um that was very that was very helpful and very interesting miguel um is there anything um that you want to make promotion for that you want to that you want to talk about uh well the, not not really i think uh, just um yeah um just get to know us get to know uh flying basket uh i will encourage to anyone that has a, a good idea of course feasible idea <laughs> of uh of uh, how to transport 100 kilos because we have heard quite a lot of uh, different things but uh but just encourage anyone to reach out uh that uh, we take uh, everything really really seriously and that it's uh and as i said our drone is just a tool we are making sure that it flies uh but uh, there's a whole world of uh, possibilities out there and a new kind of operations that, uh, that our drone can just help uh to improve uh being more efficient uh, and uh, better for the environment and yeah, and everything so all right um, I will definitely link um, your website and and maybe your LinkedIn as well um, in in the post. Um, Miguel, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. That was it. Um, I I hope we 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 see or talk to each other again in in the future. Yeah, sure. Uh, we are gonna be pretty active in in different trade shows. Uh, just just come by. Probably we will repeat uh, to the Amsterdam Week next uh, next year. So there's always that, and it was a pleasure to to talk to you and just to to share all my all my thoughts about the the future of the drone industry, which is also uh, not just my work but also my my hobby and my passion. So thank you very much. Right. Thank you. Bye. Okay.